Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, She's also my partner in life and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's great to be back. We have a hot topic today. Yes, we do. Everyone's talking about Ozempic. Um, you know, the celebrities have, have never looked better, have never looked skinnier, and there's a lot of questions around it. So I thought it would be great to invite my friend, um, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, for everybody everybody who watches Fox knows she's a board-certified American. Um, she's a board-certified radiologist. Um, she's an American medical journalist. Um, she's our, like, network go-to for all medical things. I'd like to correct that. It's our friend, Nicole. Oh, yeah. She's, no, Nicole. she's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> she's our friend. Um, she's my friend. And she has with her Aaron, who is a mammography technologist who works with her, who happens to also have tried Ozempic and is very happy with it. So, you know, we've heard all the some of the positives. We've heard a lot of the negatives. I thought it'd be really great to have both of you on um, so welcome to kind of break down just w- what Erin's experience is with it, why she did it, and then um, and how it's going. And then I know that if, if you're friends with Nicole, she's only going to tell you the truth about how it's, <laughs> how it's affecting your body. Because yeah, that's was, my experience with Nicole. Yeah, we want to know can, when should it be used? When shouldn't it be used? What are the side effects for it? Kind of a whole knowledge conversation, because if you're going to do it, there's, there, there, on the outside, you see some really remarkable results, but are there some long-term complications that could come from it? So, so why don't we start with Nicole? Because Nicole, Aaron's not the only person we know. I mean, you and I both know people who are on it and so far say they're happy. Um, why don't you kind of give me just overall your concern and then we'll go to Aaron and get her, her experience. Well, we're very excited to both be on with you. And Rachel, obviously, you. you and I have had many conversations about the Ozempic, Wagovi, Manjaro, kind of all of those GLP-1 agonists that, you know, are really trendy right now. And, you know, we live in a constant state of an obesity epidemic. And obesity is one of the risk factors for pretty much the majority of health issues we deal with here in the United States from cardiovascular disease, respiratory illness, and many cancers as well. So it costs trillions of dollars to the United States every single year. So the fact that we have found something that is affording people to rapidly lose weight in a healthy way, this is a great thing when it comes to um, combating obesity. You know, one of my biggest concerns is that I'm, I believe that, you know, some people may be maybe overusing it, maybe misusing it. But I think it's really important that, you know, it shouldn't just be the morbidly obese people who are considering this medication, yet that is really who it's only FDA approved for. But there are a lot of other people who maybe are pre-diabetic, meaning they're not diabetic yet, but they're on their way, or who may be just a little bit overweight, who needs a little bit of that jump start to help lose weight to get to a healthier place. And I think when we decided to do this podcast, that's why I had Aaron in mind. Because Aaron, for me, yes, obviously, hands down, anyone who is morbidly obese, who has medical comorbidities, should absolutely consider this medication in addition to other weight loss strategies because it's really hard to lose weight when you are already morbidly obese. But Erin was never morbidly obese. She was never even obese. And I want her to step in right now to talk about why she decided to start taking these medications. Great. My BMI was 30, which I think is considered obese. Technically Technically. obese, but 
<laughs> so what, what is what yeah. would what is the tell us what that line is like where what is the line for obese and not obese on that BMI number? So BMI really is taking your body weight. It's called your body mass index score, and it's taking your body weight um, and your height and other thing components. And it's a, really a scale anywhere from fifteen to twenty is normal weight. You know, twenty to thirty is overweight, and thirty and above is technically obese, but I can tell you when I was my most athletic without fat and just a lot of muscle, it my BMI essentially said I was overweight. So you have to take a BMI with a grain of salt. Um, mm. So that's why when Erin says if she, she was technically <laughs> obese, I've known her for a long time and she was never obese. But was she at her goal weight? Absolutely not. Okay. And also my blood uh, fasting sugar was high um, every time that I did blood work. Um, so I was considered pre-diabetic and then recently was diagnosed with high blood pressure, which I did not want to go on medication for. So when I had heard about the program that they were offering, I signed up for it and I was able to, with my BMI and those other two um, things that I had going on, I was able to qualify for the medication. So this is a really important point, Rachel and Sean. So she was told she was overweight she was pre-diabetic, she didn't have diabetes yet, and she had high blood pressure. So immediately, what, what do we do as physicians? All right, well, here are the medications to help reduce those things. Well, Erin is like, hold on, pump the brakes. I'm not ready to take medications. Let me see what I can do to try and prevent these, Ill these diseases from actually coming. She didn't wanna become diabetic. She didn't wanna to continue to have high blood pressure. And so one of that is to obviously lose weight. So I started it in May. Um, and I was going to stay on it for four months. Well, and what does it look like? It's not a pill. It's a shot. It's four. I got, um, a, it came in a box. It was four shots. I took one shot every week. Um, and the first dose was, it did not really affect me. I did not really feel any different. I didn't, I was still eating like I normally was eating before. The second dose slightly I started to feel it a little bit, but it wasn't until the third dose that I really felt the effect from the shot where I started losing weight and was eating much less. Um, my initial goal was to stay on it for four months and I've been on it for eight months. <laughs> well, tell her why that thought process, you, you decided to stay on it for- Well, yes. Yeah, so I stayed on it for the four months and at that point, I the last two months, I had really started to see a difference um, in losing weight and you know, I wanted to continue. And then it was like coming towards the holidays. And I said, well, I want to stay on it for the holidays because that's, you know, something that I always do. I will try a diet and then the holidays come and I put the weight back on. And mm -hmm. so I said, I'll stay on it, you know, throughout the holidays. And then now I am at my goal weight. Um, and I went down, I dropped down to a lower dose and I spread out the shot like every 10 days instead of every week. And I'm just trying to maintain at this point, but my goal is to come off of it in, a, in another month or so. So Aaron, what is, what is the impact of Ozempic in the sense of, do you, are you just less hungry? Um, yes. how, what's, what's, what, what is it doing for you? Yeah, so I really, um, that mindless eating where you're snacking or picking at something just because it's there, I just no longer did that, um, but it was kind of, you know, there were times where I just wasn't hungry at all, but knew that I had to eat something. So I would drink like a protein shake. Um, I tried meal prepping in the beginning, but then I would find myself not really in the mood for what I cooked. So I was wasting a lot of, of food. It was kind of funny in that way. I didn't really know what I wanted to eat. And that was kind of tough. Um, I don't, I didn't really change my diet. It wasn't, I was, wasn't eating salad every day, but I was significantly eating less. So what, what do you mean? You didn't know what you wanted to eat? Like, like you weren't getting the signals of what you wanted to eat or ex explain yeah, that? Cause I then just, I want to, yeah, go ahead. I didn't know what I was in the mood for. Like I just, I would make something and then I was like, oh, I'm really not in the mood for this. I don't know if it was because I just wasn't hungry or I just, you know, didn't know what I was, what I wanted to eat. So Nicole, can you explain to us what this drug is doing to your body to make you not hungry? So the way that uh, the majority of these medications work, they're called GLP-1 agonists. That's just a fancy term for a hormone in your body that has a receptor, and this works on that receptor. So first and foremost, it causes insulin to be released, and that is, that's why diabetics take it, because it helps to decrease blood sugar. 
but also it works um, with the way that your GI system, your stomach and your intestines, and it kind of slows the transit time. So if you think about it, they usually do waves about every 90 minutes. Well, this really slows them down. And so you have this sense of fullness because things are kind of just sitting around for a long time. So your brain isn't getting that signal that you're hungry anymore because your body feels full. So what Erin's describing is I'm not really in the mood for it. Well, her body doesn't think she's hungry. So, and Erin mentioned this, a lot of us, and maybe especially during the holiday season, there's a lot of mindless snacking. We're not hungry, but it's like I got some cookies and I've got some chips and I like, you will do, we're, a, we're a snacking culture. You're not interested in snacking either? Or it's just like, I'm not interested in food? Or is it, no, I'm not hungry, but I'm also motivated as well. Is it motivation and a lack of hunger? Or is it just, I don't have an interest in any kind of food right now and I almost have to force myself to eat? There were some days. So I, if I took the shot on a Wednesday, by Friday, it really kicked in. So then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, sometimes I had to force myself to eat something. Um, mm. I, I just feel like it took away that that craving. Like if I saw something that normally I would I would like or pick at, I just I just didn't. It, so, so one of the concerns that I have um, with people, especially being on this medication for long-term, even though it is designed for long-term use, um, is that some people really just aren't eating. They're not actually getting the nutrients that they need. Um, so that's why you have some people who are reporting hair loss, um, muscle loss, and some other, you know, some other negative, negative side effects, because all of a sudden their body is really in a state of starvation. It doesn't feel like it's starving, but it's not getting the nutrients and the calories and the protein and the other things that it survives on every single day. Um, so that is a concern. So without that, you know, that dedicated, you know, I have to make sure that I am getting this many calories and this many nutrients every single day, you could have some of those consequences. Unfortunately, though, if your GI system isn't moving along and you decide to eat, even if it is a healthy snack, you could actually feel sick. The good news is yeah. healthy stuff tends to make people feel less sick when they're on these medications, like the fatty, greasy carbohydrates actually cause more symptoms of nausea and some of the other abdominal pains and the healthy stuff like lean proteins and greens cause less of it, it still can. Are doctors recommending that people take like a multivitamin with this? Because obviously they're not, or some sort of supplements since they're not getting the right nutrition. Well, there's no formal recommendation of that. Um, did your, the person prescribing you? No, they didn't. They did recommend- That seems odd to me. That seems odd to me because if you're not eating as much. So I have so many questions. My, my mind is exploding with questions. Do you have some one, two, Sean? So, so it, it, this is interesting because over the last, I mean, since, since I would pay attention, it seems like 40 years, there's been a whole bunch of, um, whether they're drugs or diets or shakes or, you know, you know, buy, you know, get in the mail meals that will help us all lose weight. And it seems like none of them really worked. It seems like this is one of the first times there's been a drug that you can take and people are having wild success with weight loss. And uh, first, tell me if I'm wrong on that, Dr. Nicole. But then number two, are there long-term complications? It seems great if Aaron can you know, do this for eight months, hit her weight loss goal, and then gradually get off. But are there some challenges as someone goes through that process of actually getting off the drug you mentioned is supposed to be uh, you know, almost a lifetime use, but if you've used it for weight loss, can you get off it without long-term complication. Yeah, and the, the company is still out there saying, no, 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 this is a lifetime drug, which always gets me nervous, <laughs> Nicole, because yeah. Big Pharma loves lifetime customers. Um, and so that makes me nervous. And then I, I wanna hear your answer to that. And I wanna tell you both the story that I heard and I wanna get your reactions to it about uh, of somebody who was on it. Go ahead. So Sean, I'm gonna push back a little bit uh, about what you said. You said that all of these fads, these trends over the last couple of decades haven't really had effects. Well, that's not entirely true. If you think about the Atkins diet, the salt diet, and all these other, you know, trend diets, people actually- But you're talking about, you're talking about medications, or are you talking about diets? Well, actually, I think, I know, Atkins does work, right? Yeah, so any of any fads, trends, people can lose weight, but the overwhelming majority of people would gain it right back because- you know, something that I wrote about all throughout Make America Healthy Again, and I have talked about 
just about every time I'm on TV is, you know, you have to do everything in moderation. Any form of extremes, it's going to be hard to maintain long term. And really, what is the quality of life when you're doing something extreme? So people mm-hmm. would do extreme diets for a while and then they're like, OK, well, that's enough of that. You kind of go back and then they gain weight. Well, with these medications, obviously, the effects are more drastic because there's a medication helping. Don't forget Fenfen. We had that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And people really lost yeah. a lot of weight. They also you know, died and had severe heart disease from it, we later found out. I mean, but it's not shocking if you know how those stimulants work. But with these medications, the weight loss is drastic. Um, the problem is when people go off these medications, uh, upward of over 50% of people gain at least two thirds of the weight back within the next couple of years. And that number is just about 90% of people gain some of that weight back. And now why is that? Well, there's many factors, but the majority of the reasons are because they're not calorie restricting like they are when they're on the medication. I mean, these patients who are on these medications, they are severely calorie restricting themselves. I mean, obviously, if you were to calorie restrict yourself voluntarily or involuntarily, say you were in prison somewhere and they starved you, you're going to lose weight. When you start eating again, you will gain your weight back. So when you start stop these injections, your body all of a sudden is like, hey, by the way, I'm hungry again. I could use some food. You're going to eat unless you have severe self-control to not eat. And that's one of the big problems is when you have instant gratification like you have with these injections where the weight just starts coming off and it doesn't necessarily take a lot of will to stop eating, making sure you're exercising, then you haven't actually changed your life. So my recommendation is for any people going on this medication, it has to be in parallel with drastic lifestyle changes, making sure you're working with a nutritionist like Aaron is, making sure you're having healthy eating, lowering your calories intentionally, not because the medication tells your brain to, and making sure that you have a great exercise regimen that's maintainable once you go off. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. I do know like when I've gotten sick, right? And I can't eat because maybe I have the flu and and then I dropped some weight because I had the flu. I'm like, the flu wasn't so bad. And then, <laughs> but my, I feel like my stomach got smaller. Like, like I... Like I'm just, when I come off from eating from, from the flu, I'm just not as hungry anymore. So Aaron, I guess that's my question to you it is, I, I know Nicole says you're working with the nutritionist. You say you want to wean yourself off within a month, but like, how nervous are you that, you know, your old habits are going to come back that maybe, maybe you won't eat a lot for the first month. Cause your stomach has kind of had that shrunken feeling where like you're used to eating less but that you know over time it's it's going to come back that you can actually maintain what you've put your body through by taking ozempic well that is what i'm nervous about and that's probably why i am on it longer than i had atten- you know intended to be on it but um you know i'm trying to count my calories right now and be very conscious of of what i'm eating where i wasn't doing that in the beginning but now that i know that i'm going to come off of it i'm just trying to be very aware of of what i'm how, eating um I, how I much try- weight have you lost so far i lost like 38 pounds That's and you awesome. did that in in eight in i'm sorry six months i probably stopped losing about a, a few weeks ago and have been maintaining so i would it's maybe six or seven months where I lost that much. 
You know, Aaron, I, I can tell you, I, when I left Congress, I probably lost 30 pounds after I left Congress. <laughs> I was, you know, as big as I was, and I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm taller than you are. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of dinners and there really is. and receptions, and you just start mindlessly eating. It's and and, and um, it's it's hard to change your diet. Uh, I, I can say that from um, personal experience. But once you start to lose weight. Um, it's really gratifying when you start to take weight off and it, and it makes you more motivated to, con- to continue on. And I have to imagine, and this is maybe to you too, Nicole, when, when Aaron loses weight and it's, it's great, I'm fitting into you know, clothes that I probably haven't worn in some time and I feel great about the way I look, that motivation that someone gets from the weight loss with the use of Ozempic, coupled with the knowledge that, hey, listen, if you don't change what you're doing, how you're living, how you're eating, how you're exercising, it's not going to last. But if you compare those two things together, it seems like what you're saying, Dr. Nicole, is this could, it can actually work for a lot of people to lose the weight, get motivated, and then change the way they eat. Because I just, another thing too is- I'm so not, we're we're a little disagreeing on that. If you change the way you eat and you don't lose weight, that's really discouraging. You go back (laughs) to your old ways, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing these things and I'm not losing the weight. You know, screw it, I might as well eat chips and brownies. Or I do anyway, chips and brownies. Well, I guess I- Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Nicole. No, 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 you go so ahead. My point is, so first of all, in the hospital, kind of like Congress, let me tell you, there are snacks everywhere. And they all know <laughs> that about 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I come opening all the drawers looking, okay, who has chocolate? Who has this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard. It is certainly hard to change those behaviors if you don't remove yourself from that physical situation, i.e. Sean leaving Congress for that. Aaron's not leaving anytime <laughs> soon. So, you know, that's really difficult for her. But another motivation is that she was on the precipice of having high blood pressure and diabetes. And heart disease is the number one killer in women. And so heart, high blood pressure and diabetes are major risk factors for cardiovascular disease and death, specifically in women. So yes, decreasing rate is wonderful from a cosmetic stance. We love the way we feel and we fit into our clothes, but it also makes you feel physically and mentally better knowing that you've gotten yourself into a healthier place. Okay, so I'm gonna give you and so first of all, Aaron, what I'm going to say is like, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. You seem happy. You seem like, you know, you're, you're, you're working with, with your doctor. You get good advice from Dr. Sapphire. No judgment. But I'm just going to tell you how I feel about this, because I think there's a lot of our listeners who might feel the same way. And that is, um, well, actually, maybe telling you this story, my, my, the one I was referring to before. So I have a friend. She's on it. She's, I'll be honest. She's never looked better. Um, she looks amazing and she's telling me, you know, how it's going, that she's going to the gym. She feels like she's finally, you know, getting results no matter how many times she went to the gym before she couldn't lose weight. Now she's losing weight. She feels like she's feels better working out. She's, she's happy at the same time. Somebody overhears our conversation who says, Oh no, I was on Ozempic and I got stomach paralysis from that. I want you to tell me what that is later. (laughs) Exactly, Uh, Nicole. I got stomach paralysis. I had to get off of it. I've gained more weight than I had. I feel like I'm hungry all the time in a way that I wasn't before. Like I want to snack more than I did before I was on Ozempic. Um, And it's been terrible for me. And I've lost so much muscle weight. So that was her, and there was a little bit of a, well, it's working for me, and then the conversation kind of ended. Um, so obviously, two different experiences. Maybe one person was on it longer than the other. Um, I, I want to talk about that story, what you make of that for both of you. But also, I, well, we'll talk about something else on the other end of that. Go ahead. First of all, I want to say, you know, you keep referring to it as Ozempic. Really, Ozempic is the medication for diabetics. It is a lower dose of semiglutide. The higher dose okay. of glutide that people are using for weight loss is also is actually called Wigovi. So we Wigovi, can, okay. Yeah. But so semi-glutide because there are a whole bunch of different ones. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. I know the okay. people you're referring to. Uh, one hasn't been on the one who is very happy with it right now hasn't been on it very long. But the reality is, um, when women our age start trying to lose weight, it can be really hard. Uh, yes, you get to that perimenopausal, you know, anywhere from 45 to 55, your hormones really start playing a role and make it difficult because our metabolism goes down. 
and our body's going through a lot of changes and it is and we actually start depositing fat in areas that we have never deposited fat before and it doesn't matter how mm -hmm. much you work out and sometimes even your diet changes it's very hard to get rid of those pockets of fat and for women especially sean no offense but we look at men they go run on the treadmill for five minutes and they lost five pounds like it's obnoxious but for so a woman, true. it's very different because of our hormones and the way that our bodies function. So when women go on this medication and truly the pounds just begin to shed, I mean, it is a feeling like no other. I mean, they feel really good about themselves. But what? just like right. I have some but, we have some severe concerns about these medications. Well, yeah, and I want to talk about that because also just on another level, let's set aside Aaron's situation for a second and just talk about what you just said. So as women get to be between 45 and 55, I'm in that group, um, their bodies change, they, they, their hormone levels change, they start putting weight on in different areas. I'm, Erin, Nicole will tell you, I'm a naturalist. Like when my kids say they're not feeling well, I'm like, drink water, you know? I'm like, I, I just am so like, I, 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 have, I just don't trust anything um, pharmaceutical unless it's like an emergency. So I'm a little bit on the extreme on that side. So I'm going to lay that out right now. But part of me is a little bit concerned even on a, and I, and I want to get to the, the medical concerns you have about the longevity and what stomach paralysis is and are people eating, going to gain more afterwards anyway. But just what about just this whole natural cycle of life? Like I'm not supposed to have the body of a 22 year old at, you know, 52 that I am right now. So wh why are we why are we allowing pharma and culture and all this stuff to impact um, us and create these new th this new this new woman <laughs> um, in her 50s who has the body of a 30 year old when we're not meant to be that way and we have to actually put chemicals and 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 pharmaceuticals into our body to achieve something um, that we're not meant that we're not meant to be at this age because of what's happening naturally to our cycle of life. And then also, um, you know, if we're, if we're eating right and we're trying our best and we're eating right and we're, and we're exercising, then whatever that is, has got to be in my mind, unless you're morbidly obese has got to be better than putting this stuff in your body. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. And again, no offense to you at all, Aaron. I have, I don't mean that at all. No, I actually want Aaron to respond to that. But I just want to point out, though, that right now we're just talking about weight loss. But I mean, you, you say, how do we let allowing this culture to, um, you know, take control of us and influence us? But I mean, this is not something that's new. I mean, think about the fact that we get our nails done, we dye our hair, Botox. I mean, people are doing fillers and plastic surgeries and all these other things. And because yes. maybe we're not trying to look like we're 25, but we, you know, certainly feel we're better. Still trying to slow the clock. <laughs> right. And so there's obviously ends of the extremes there. And so, mm. you know, you can dye your hair all you want. You can get as much Botox all you want. But if you're not fitting into your clothes and if, you know, you really are working out, you're doing everything you can to try and lose a little bit of weight and you're not able to, sometimes all that other stuff isn't enough and you just want to feel a little bit better. What is your thought on I mean, I, I feel like it is, you know, an easy way out. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I really, not, dang it, I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. People, you know, happy with it. I, yeah. I never lost this much, much weight from dieting. When I have dieted, I've lost weight, put it right back on. Um, but yeah, this is kind of very, it's, I mean. But God bless pharma, it's expensive. I don't pay a dollar for it. It goes through your insurance? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, some interesting <laughs> billing going on there, but it's usually oh. over $1,000 a month for many people. Wow. Now, so, is that, is, can, can I say, is, are you not, is your insurance covering it because you were in that pre-diabetic phase? Her, like the obese. <laughs> Oh, because the BMI says she's obese. Got it. Okay. So to qualify for insurance, you have to be obese and you have to have at least one medical comorbidity related to your weight. So pre-diabetic, blood pressure, and obesity. Okay. So Rachel had mentioned um, uh, stomach paralysis, I think. Is that what you mentioned? Yeah. What, what is that? Um, so, no, what, what, does, so, yeah, what, what is that? But also, are there, are there side effects? So 
or, or if Aaron takes this and says, listen, I'm, I'm going to do this for you know, eight months and I'm weaning myself off, are there really limited amounts of you know, medical side effects or are there actual side effects to, to taking the drug, getting the weight loss? And yes, we can deal with you know, how you change your diet and are you more hungry once you're off the drug? That's a different issue, but are there long-term effects from taking this drug in the short term? Because I've also heard of like that th- there's... Um um, there's there now Ozempic and Wagovi are under investigation, by the way, for also suicidal I- ideation. Yeah. I know you you said hair loss, but I can understand that that could be from lack of nutrients. But these other some of these other side effects, yeah. Well, first, Aaron, have you had any side effects? Negative side effects? No. I mean, there were days where I was nauseous and didn't feel well, but nothing other than than that. So nausea is the most common. Um, common reported side effect. About 80 to 90 percent of people do report some level of nausea. The more severe um, side effects are are less common, but still pretty common. And one of them is what you're mentioning, that stomach paralysis. Uh, That's essentially when I did this motion, the waves of your GI system, this is normal. It does that cycle about every 90 minutes. Well, this medication kind of causes it to stop. And if you think about it, your whole GI system essentially goes throughout your entire body and it expands and it contracts kind of like a balloon. Well, it has this normal motion to keep things moving along. When it stops it, things just kind of get stuck all the way. And that can actually, on the more severe end of it, can cause a stomach or an intestinal blockage, which it can be a medical emergency. For other people, it just moves very, very slowly. And that can cause severe abdominal pain and bloating even vomiting, just an overall feeling of unwell. And I mean, that can be very uncomfortable. And a lot of people will stop the medication because of that severe feeling of fullness, Um, kind of just like your most extreme case of constipation. But think of that times 10. And that's how you feel. And it's not really a good feeling. Um, You know, some of the most you know, the biggest concerns is kind of what I, well, it's not the biggest concerns, but some of the more common concerns are what I've already mentioned, which are secondary to the lack of absorbing nutrients. So, cause you're not eating as much. So everything we just talked about, really that muscle wasting. Yeah, your fat's dripping off, yes. your muscles are dripping off as well. So you can kind of look at people and if they're not working out in parallel and really keeping that muscle tone, you can kind of see that they're probably on it because their muscles are now drooping as well. Which do you have to work out extra? Do you have to work out extra because you're losing so much muscle fat? Because of those well, you have to work out extra. But Sean, when you were mentioning shakes, when you work out, you have to make sure you're having enough protein to to be put in. Those mm. are the building blocks for your muscles. So if you're working out but you're not taking in protein, you have no building blocks to make your muscle. Um, mm. Some other, you know. Some other things that have been reported in, you know, rodent studies are increased risk of thyroid cancer. It's been in rodent studies. You know, we don't really have reported. That's important. That's significant. So it is. And but Sean's like, well, what are the long term effects? I don't know. We don't have any long term data. This is brand new. And you have to remember, 70 years ago, you had doctors saying to people, hey, you should smoke these cigarettes. They help open up the lungs and it'll help you breathe better. So. No, do I think well, it that do, it, it do does I help you that, eat less? That's also a, a <laughs> yeah, the nicotine does too. <laughs> so, so the thing is, do I think that these semi-glutide, these GLP and um, agonists are going to be the equivalent of cigarettes? Absolutely not. Do I think that there are going to be some long-term consequences that we don't really know about? Um, we can kind of guess what they're going to be, but we won't have that data to really point to that until you know, I would say five to ten years, unfortunately. Rachel, you mentioned so, there was an association um, with increased suicide ideations um, with these medications. They FDA recently just came out, I think this week or last week, showing that when they actually looked at the cases, there was no association, which, you know, I'll be honest, I was thinking about it a little bit physically from a physiological standpoint. I don't really think that the injection itself, I don't know how that would be causing more suicide ideations. Like when you talk about SSRIs and some of those other medications that people give out like candy, I can absolutely see how that can cause increased suicidal thoughts. But these medications, I can't, I can't put those pieces together, but think about it. If you're someone who's trying to lose weight, but now you've gotten to a state of starvation. You don't have the nutrients. Maybe some of all of that is affecting your body and affecting your emotions. Because so maybe you're fo- focusing more on your outward appearance and you're not focusing on your inward stuff. You know, there's a compilation of things. So quickly, if someone, just so I'm clear on this, if someone 
uh, ends up experiencing stomach paralysis um, when they're on the drug. When they get off the drug, does that paralysis last, mm. or or do they do they go back to normal function, or are there are long term implications if you slow it down? Does it pop back when when you're not on the drug, or is there or does that last for some time? So you eat the only like the real data we have looking at you know prolonged. Um, colonic paralysis are people who are on long-term opioids because opioids do similar things. If you recall Matthew Perry prior to his death, death he actually had to have colonic a hemicolectomy, some of his colon removed, most likely because of a very similar reason was he had long-term paralysis of it. So in the short term, you know, when you go undergo anesthesia or you have pain medications following a surgery, you find yourself very backed up or feeling slow, constipated for a few days. And, you know, it takes a couple of weeks, but you get back to normal. And I would say for most people who are on this medication, they're probably going to get back to normal. But there, I do anticipate that we will see some people that maybe it has more of a profound, longer lasting, you know, problem. And, you know, will they have to have GI surgery in the future? I don't know. I mean, we, again, we don't have the data. One of my biggest concerns is that if you're slowing down the GI system so much, then that means that, you know, our discarded food products are sitting in our GI system even longer. Right. And one of the risk factors for colon cancer are, you know, toxin exposure to our colon. So are we increasing our toxin exposure to our colon by having long-term, you know, decreased peristalsis in the colon? Again, this is not something that I can tell you is going to happen today, but in 10 years, I'll let you know. So, Aaron, I've always been a little distrustful of pharma, a little, and the F and the FDA. I know I'm talking to people, you know, who, who work in the medical field. Um, Nicole knows how I feel. So, I've always been, you know, fairly distrustful. And then I came out of COVID, and I really don't trust them at all. So, like for example, you were saying, well, the FDA said there's no suicidal ideation, and and I I I totally understand you're you're trying to make the connection, and it's not making sense. So, okay, maybe. Um, but we do have, um, it appears like they've lowered the standard to receive this drug. It used to be only for diabetics. Now they've said, oh, if your BMI is a certain level, if you've had this p potential for getting high blood pressure or... or well, no, hold, um, on, hold on, I got to stop you for a second. So again, Ozempic is the lower dose and that's only for diabetics. During mm -hmm. the course of treating diabetics, they were finding that people were losing weight. So then they did studies about a higher dose in obese people. And so they reformulated, they made a brand new medication. It's, it's just, it's the same right. medication as Ozempic, but it's a higher dose. And this is specifically designed for people who are overweight. So correct, it has, it correct. but it was originally designed for people who were morbidly obese. And while Erin, technically falls into that visually we know she's not really she was never really obese and so the system and the insurance system and the fda they're all making it you know so that people who are overweight and unhappy with being overweight can access this drug sometimes even for free so um Aaron, when you went to get this when you were considering this as an option first of all did you go in and say i want i want to get on wagobi or did they say, here's an option for you? Also, when they told you, yeah, you're you're a candidate for Wagovi, did they ask did they tell you, FYI, there were some studies on rats and they got thyroid cancer? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I wanna know what they do. I don't what want that do. doctor necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna know what happens in this meeting. So I went to a doctor um at my previous job, they it was like a bariatric center. So they're weight loss doctors, and they were okay. they were doing this program, and it was I paid a fee. It was for four months. Um, it included um, the medication. It still went through insurance. Um, they provided a nutritionist, and I had okay. to have blood work. I had to get my thyroid checked, um, uh, amongst other things. And then okay. once he, and then I had to go back for the appointment after my blood work was done. And then he said, you know, okay, you're a candidate for it. And then they put it in and I was able to start the medication. I've asked him, you know, is it okay if I stay on it? And he will be very honest with me and tell me that it's my decision. He cannot 
tell me if there are any long-term effects. They just don't know. And that, you know, it's, it's my decision. He's very clear that if I did not make, you know, changes in my lifestyle, that I most likely will gain the, the weight back if I don't, you know, continue to monitor what I eat and exercise when I go off of it. And did they explain like, hey, we don't know what these long-term effects are? I know he said like, this is up to you, but did he, did he give you any of the, that kind of information? No. So Aaron, so we talked about, so you, you were on, you just started to, 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 to wean off. Um, you've expanded the, 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 from one week to 10 days between doses. What's, what's, the, traject- what's the trajectory now? for how you wean off and when do you anticipate actually being off? So I was on the highest dose and then I dropped down to the, the one lower than that. Um, was before when you were talking about somebody that stopped it and gained the weight back, I mm-hmm. noticed right away when I started that lower dose, it was like I was in my head, you know, like, am I hungry? Do I feel hungry? Is this dose working? Mm. You know, so it is, I feel like I have to get away from that and just watch what I eat. Um, I plan on being on the dose 1.7 for um, one more month. And then I was going to either um, go down to one or just, or stop it. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. I have to go every month to the doctor and weigh in and see him. Um, and then, you know, I would, you know, after this month, I'll figure out. Do they keep, does, it, does your doctor keep doing blood work on you? Do you get blood work every, every quarter, every couple of months or no, it's just one, one set of blood work and that was it. So I, I am having blood work um, later this month, but I have not had um, blood work since I started. Okay. So that's at the seven month. Is that right? The seventh no, month? Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Eight months. And, and so how often do you go to the gym or work I, out? Three to four times a week. And you've been really consistent with that? I have. I kind of slacked off a little bit um, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I've been yeah, back. I hear you. Like the rest of us. Like Aaron. the rest of us. Yeah. Rest of us. <laughs> it's hard to get back going. And you feel like you're gonna, like you feel like you've been consistent for seven, you know, fairly consistent for seven months. You think you can continue this? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the plan. I really hope to. And and, right. and what, can I ask you what you're doing for your for your workouts? Sure. Like, I try you- to do um, 10,000 steps a day, which always requires me to get on the treadmill. And then I use uh, the Peloton app and do a lot of their strength classes and the work. So do I, Aaron. <laughs> I try to do that, too. I, not this, I do the, the bike and then I, I try and do some strength through the Peloton app as well. I'm not, I, I hate doing weights. That's why no, I think I- if, I ever, if I ever went on that, it would be really tough for me because... I would, I think I would waste away because I just hate doing weights. Well, that's one of the things too. If you, if you work out a lot and you're not eating, I mean, you then put yourself at risk for passing yeah. out and you know, that's not very healthy either. The way that I see this medication being used, I think, so when you hear what the FDA and what the big pharma says about taking it, they're like, you're on it for life because if you get off of it, you're going to gain all your weight back. And that's probably, there's some truth to that. But if people actually start the medication they do a rigorous lifestyle change as well. Then you lose the weight, you get to your goal weight and you do exactly what Aaron is doing, you taper off. And then you try to maintain as long as you can. If you see the weight ticking back up, then maybe you go on a low dose again, just for another short period of time to really help kickstart your exercise regimen and lose that weight again. And you know, you don't wanna necessarily do this with your weight cycles. So that lifestyle modification is extremely important. But I do think that this, as of right now, is a good tool for people to try and lose weight. Um, I'm just very hesitant about the long-term consequences of staying on it. And it's interesting because obviously this is really beneficial. We've heard Aaron's story and have heard so many stories like it where people are able to truly lose weight. Um, And when we started, Nicole, you were talking about all the risk factors that someone has if they have too much weight on. Um, And so it's probably a weighing and balancing of what is... What's the best option for me? You can say that the best is just to eat less and work out. Well, if people are having a hard time doing that, um, do you want the risk of, 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 of heart disease and, and other risk factors when you're overweight or take the risk factor of you know, taking this drug and, and losing the weight? And it's, it's probably everyone has to do that balance themselves, but there are risks on both sides, it seems like. And, and can I ask, 
Go, you answer. Go ahead. Either of you answer that, and then I want to. I want to ask one more well, thing. I was here. just going to say, you know, when someone comes to me and says, you know, I'm overweight. I've been doing everything I can to try and lose 10 to 15 pounds. It's not helping. I'm pre-diabetic. I have high blood pressure. Should I go on it? Especially if you're a perimenopausal woman and you're really struggling to lose your weight, try it. Try it for a short while. Get that kickstart you need, and then try to maintain it. But I certainly wouldn't be recommending yeah. people to be on it. For I, long. I have to tell you, I, I, I'm happy for you, Aaron. I really hope it works out. I am so wary of it. And, and as a nice person, I, I, I'm just worried that what, it, what could be causing us to lose or to gain weight is not that necessarily that we're overeating. It's, and it's not even, it's, it's what's in our food. Um, it's the GMOs. It's the it's and I and I feel like the this, processed foods. The, that we, it's not just eat. processed foods. It's even like just that. There's all these toxins and terrible things. Like the way we are farm in America. I have so many people that say, I went to Europe and I ate bread and pasta and all this stuff that I I don't even allow myself to eat when I'm back home, and I came back and I lost weight. There's something in our food. There's something in the way we're like mass farming, industrial farming. We've gotten so far away from chemical farming. Yeah, chemical farming. And so my fear with Wagovia and all of this stuff is that it's masking the root of the problem. And and so and then I'm also worried about the long term effects. Um, so, yeah, and, and I, I hear you when you go, well, just try it. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but I, I, it, no judgment to you at all, uh, Aaron, and, 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 or to you, Nicole, for your, your view on this. I just, you know, we're all different. I just fundamentally um, I think, well, first of all, Rachel, disagree. you know, I agree with you. I think the food that is produced in the United States overwhelmingly is toxic and poisonous to yes. our body why we have such high incidence of cancer i think is a lot because of what we put in yes. our body, as well as what we put onto our body lotions and everything else um that is a much bigger problem and unless you can i mean again in make america healthy again i talk about the fact that the patients that we have who are on state assisted health insurance programs you know they use and other government programs they use their food stamps and they cover all of the processed foods rarely yeah. can they go out and get very healthy nutritious meals on their food stamps food stamps. And yeah. so that is just this ugly cycle, which perpetuates here in the United States. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's a much bigger problem, by the way, if you're interested in that topic that Nicole was just talking about just this week, we dropped a podcast. So check it out. It's with Callie means. And we talk about what's poisoning America through its food um, and, and our food source and how it's it's um, it how damaged it is and how people want to do, you know, these globalists want to do even more to control our food sources and, and make them worse. And and frankly, this cycle that we have of, you know, bad food, ultra processed food, chemicals in our food, uh, you know, industrial farming and 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 all of that. And then then here's big pharma to the rescue. We know that Ozempic has been extremely lucrative um, for the companies. And so it's just something to worry. I, I'm just so grateful, Aaron, that you're so honest about talking about it. I know I know people on it. I know even more people thinking about getting on it. And I think just the more information that's out there, you know, what your experiences, um, what your side effects were, um, what your hopes are. I hope I hope maybe in, in a few months after you get off, we could come back and talk about what the whole experience was with yeah. uh, weaning off and then off it. How is you, it how possible to wean off of yeah. it and, and maintain the weight you I like? think you can do it, Aaron. I have faith. You. You <laughs> can make it happen. I'll have to come back in a few months. <laughs> we love motivate. it. You. That's right. We'll, 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 we we'll, love it. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it's gone. And um, listen, I, to both of you, thank you for joining us. And, and Aaron, that you would share your story with us. I yeah, think, we're really I grateful. I think it's a, it's a great service because a lot of people are thinking about it. Um, as Rachel said, considering it, and Dr. Nicole, for you to kind of uh, lay in your uh, your experience and what the studies say about, and again, there's not a lot, a lot of long-term studies, but you know how it can work if you're going to use it, how you should use it, and how you have to change your diet in the process to, to make sure when you get off, you can maintain the weight loss and still be healthy. So to the both of you, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. We are very grateful. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Nicole. We'll be right back after this. 
Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. I think it was a fascinating conversation and I, and I appreciate the honesty and we, we hear a lot about it. We've never been on it, um, but to have someone talk about the, the weight loss and the weaning off and the knowledge that she has, Aaron has about saying, you know what, I know that I have to change my, my lifestyle now so I can be successful when I want to wean myself off. It'd be really easy to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on this for a lifetime. But that has to be really unhealthy. You you slow your system down. Oh, I can't imagine what this would do to your body if you were on it for a lifetime. And I'm I'm glad that she's committed to weaning herself off. Um, she's obviously she's 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 got the right mindset. The question is, is she going to face what that other lady told me she faced? She, this other woman told me that she was even more hungry than she was before. Um, I, I was a little concerned that the the program that she was on wasn't measuring her blood work, her thyroid, and all these other markers on a monthly basis. Um, well, like every three months. I mean, but but yeah. on a more regular basis. I, I would. I thought. I, that, I thought I, if it was if if it was me, I would want that. Uh, but you know me. I mean, Sean. I just think. I think. I, and again, it's not to to, to discredit her because I understand how that must how frustrating that must be, especially because I believe that there are a lot of people who are restricting some of their calories. They're working out. They can't lose weight. And I think it's the food. And I think the pharma is masking the root of the problem. I really believe that. And I think, you know, Hollywood is really you know, done a lot to push this, this thing. I mean, you, you see the red, we just had the golden globes the other day. Um, didn't watch it. Uh, well, I saw the pictures of the, of the, and everyone, you know, everyone's a little skinnier this year <laughs> and I think we know why. And it's, and so it's, that becomes that new standard. And I, again, I look at, you know, um, just what we're supposed to be as this cycle. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit that back again because, Women, our bodies are so complicated and complex because we were designed to have children. And so we have this, these hormones running through us. And then that's, she's right. Nicole's right. You hit this age where, you know, you see these hormones drop. And so there's, yeah, I get it. Like we all are doing beauty treatments and we're all trying to look our best. But at some point, we also have to have as a culture, a realistic view and understanding of what that age looks like and, and, and grow, grow old gracefully. And this idea that we should use pharmaceuticals to sort of stave off this natural sort of weight gain that we're supposed to, I mean, if you're blowing up, okay, I get it, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to look like I'm 29 anymore. I don't want to look like I'm do. 29. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. So, can I, so I, I went, um, I, I, this must have been a, a little over a year ago. I, and I don't get blood work since I left Congress. So it's been like three or four years. I turned 50. You're supposed to go to the doctor. So I did. And I got blood work done and it, got, it came back. And I was in just a few spaces outside the norm of where I should have been. And it freaked me out. And I immediately, that day, I cut out all caffeine, which is crazy because I love caffeine, all alcohol. And I started eating all this organic fruit, vegetables, grains. And it was interesting. I wasn't, I, I wasn't ever hungry, but I lost all, I, I lost even more weight when I started eating just really well. Um, 
cutting out all the toxins, doing the best I could to get rid of all the processed, even more of the processed foods, all the all of the caffeine, all of the alcohol. Um, and literally, I was I was dropping weight really fast. And it goes to your point that what we put in matters. And so it's smart that she's saying, I'm going to count my calories, but the kind of calories that you put in truly matter. And if she changed, maybe and I, we didn't talk about this, but if she's changing also how she's eating, what she's putting in her body, as well as the calories, I think she'll feel more, more, more satisfied and lose weight at the same time. Because again, you're, you fill yourself up with these toxic foods that continue to make you more and more hungry, as opposed to whole good foods that satisfy you and you end up losing weight. So I just don't trust Pharma Sean. And again, when they went to me, the red flags, I always listen to my, you know, my gut. The older I get, the more I listen to my gut. All my gut feelings end up being being right, and and that's how I felt when when they were telling me I should take the the COVID uh, the COVID nineteen vaccine. I was like, just even the 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 push of it, all of it, and then the lo- no long term studies on it. I was like, nope, not doing this. Then the silencing of those who were opposed Ex- to what they were doing all sent red flags up. All, all my red flags went up. Yeah. That same feeling of red flags went up for me. When I was hearing just in the last couple of weeks, I was hearing more reports from like, I, I guess it was from the pharmaceutical companies. I don't think it was from the FDA, but getting the report like, no, no, this is for life. And I'm like, anytime Big Pharma wants me on something for life, I know something's up. Um, and so I, I was my, my 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 guard went up. And again, I am wishing nothing but the best for Erin. Um, and she seems like such a sweet lady. And I, I want her to reach her goals. And I don't wish anything bad on her. I want only positive for her. But my guards are going up. And I think that we learned a lot about pharmaceutical companies and the government and the insurance companies oh, during whole, COVID. And I'm sorry, I just have become a hyper skeptical th- about everything. And I'm, I'm just going to. I, I, I agree yeah. with that. But but with the with the COVID-19 shots, they're like, this is a vaccine. Well, it wasn't a vaccine because no, all wasn't. the people who took the shots, they all got COVID again. Right. So and then they said, get a booster. And they said your symptoms will be less. But there was no studies to say your symptoms would be less. Right. So. Benefit. And then when Omicron came, Sean, everybody who had gotten the vaccine was oh, the one was, was getting COVID. Did you get COVID from Omicron? No, no but no. I had natural immunity because I. I got COVID. But you, I mean, my, and my, by the way, I can't my, just remember, no, but, remind you, when we got COVID, when we got COVID, it was very early on. And we posted on Facebook, here's our COVID experience. And the comments I got was like I had said, I want to talk to you about me and Sean's STD. Like that's how people treated us. <laughs> I was like, we were treated like you were a leper, like you were a terrible person for getting a virus that in the end was no less than getting a, a, a flu or a cold. And I, I'm sorry, the whole those, thing was felt like such a psyop. And, the, um, and those were the people that were loving everything that came from China. But when we had the China virus, they hated us for it. So, mm. but this, that's not my point. My point was, there wasn't a benefit from, in my in my opinion, of getting the COVID vaccine shot. There is a benefit that people are experiencing. Now, there's complications, um, yeah. no doubt. But we have. As, she's as, happy. As, you can tell she's happy with. As the you've said, you've you know a number of people who are incredibly happy with their results of the weight loss on uh, Wagovia or Ozempic, and so th- there's a there's a there's a stark difference. One actually had a benefit. Um, the other one did not. And both of them may have long-term complications. Well, that's no what I was going to say. That. There's w- w- anytime you you t- put something in your body for which there have been no long-term studies. I mean, I remember. I, I mean, that's that's a that's a massive risk. And then I go again culturally. What are we telling women that being skinny, losing weight, and being this whatever this ideal of of, of thinness is that we have in our culture mm-hmm. is more. Im- important than potentially, you know, hitting that goal is more important than um, or overrides the possibility of having a long term, you know, symptom like thyroid cancer. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, so I, I, I worry about or a the paralyzed stomach that's or a paralyzed stomach. Horrible. So I'm worried yeah. about the cultural message. I, I'm not I'm, I don't trust pharma, but I'm also worried about and, and I don't trust our FDA to do what's right by us because they've already proven they don't. They already proven they're in bed with pharma and 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 that's that's just done. I mean, you're never gonna convince me otherwise after what I saw over COVID. Um, but in addition, 
I'm worried about the cultural message of what's worth dying over, what's worth taking something for which you don't know there are what the long-term no, effects listen, are. Listen, listen I, I, I share your concerns. I mean, if, you, I, have you, if I have cancer, I Sean, same- I'm willing, and the right to try stuff that Senator Ron Johnson, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to die in of cancer. I have stage four cancer. I'm going to take this drug that I don't know what's going to do. But for this, I, I just don't know if it's worth so it. Here's, I, I, actually, I, again, I do know. For me, it's not worth it. Listening to Dr. Nicole, um, I think that if you are at risk of heart disease, if you have high blood pressure, um, if you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic, this, again, these are trade-offs. This might actually work and lower those, you know, potential outcomes mm-hmm. that are deathly mm-hmm. for the unknown of what's going to happen with, uh, was it Wagovi or Ozempic? You don't know, and you might be able to kickstart yourself into a healthy lifestyle. I share your concerns, but the flip side, if you're more morbidly obese, this could be beneficial for you. I think one of the one of the things that we're not talking about is people who are not don't have those necessarily risk factors, and they just want to be a little thinner. And this goes to the point: they start taking this drug, and I want to I, I want to lose you know twenty pounds because I want to be really thin and svelte, and you know have people think I'm really hot. Well, the risk factor for that taking this drug doesn't make any sense. And I think a lot of it's happening with people who don't have, they're not obese, they're not, they don't have, you know, a risk for heart disease right now, or they're not pre-diabetic and they're taking the drug. And that's the problem when pharma pushes this and you have doctors who will prescribe it at a time and for people who don't need it. You know, one of the things that I experienced when we were going through COVID and I have a lot of friends who are in the medical community, not just Nicole, I have tons of friends who are, um, nurses and doctors, or their people who are married to doctors, I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. And it just seemed to me like people in the medical profession were a lot more open-minded about the vaccine. Or even I notice um, friends of mine who are nurses are a lot quicker to give Tylenol to their kids than say I am. And well, there's a pill for everything. Right, right. It seems to me like people in the medical because they're around it all the time. It kind of makes sense. It's part of their toolkit, right? And so it's just less, it's, it's, it's less, I don't know if the word is scary to them. It's just, it's just so natural to them. And so I, 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 again, you know, you know, me, you know, my sister, you know, my mom, I come from sort of this old school, like again, if my, my sister usually listens to our podcast, so she's probably laughing and she's hearing this, but it's true. Our kids even make fun of us. We're like, what you're, you, you have a, your, your leg hurts, you know, drink some water, <laughs> you know, like we really are, or, or you're not, you're feeling sad, go for a run, you know, and in America, it's like, you're feeling sad. Um, here's a pill. Um, th- and, and I don't know if it's because my mom's an, an, a, an immigrant, you know, to this country. And so, you know, she never, you know, she has a, 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 a tea, you know, oh, you, you're, you're, you're a little anxious. She, you know, it's like, have this herbal tea, you know, that'll help you or, or you can't sleep, have a little chamomile, you know? So it's like, there's a mind, there's a certain way of viewing it. And again, I'm not opposed to Western medicine. I, I was in a severe car accident where I had to, um, you know, uh, you know, have had to save my life and my leg. And I had, I had to take medications for that. I, I got, I had nine children and my favorite births are those for which I had um, an epidural, and I have no regrets but about that. She loves pharma for epidurals. I love right? if pharma all pharma. Awesome. The, their epidurals. only purpose is epidurals, um, so I have no exactly. problem. I'm, really I'm not. I'm not opposed to certain things. Um, I'm not a supernaturalist. I, I I did give birth naturally, but it was by accident because the baby came so fast, and I well, it hated it. Um, it so some, I'm, was, I'm not it was someone's fault for the two natural births that she had. And guess whose fault it was? Yeah, th- yeah. Those were absolutely your fault. <laughs> you have been, they're absolutely your fault. Hundred, no, hundred. First of all, the entire pregnancies were your fault. That's true. <laughs> the pregnancies were your fault, and those two natural births were your fault. That's for another Look at episode. Her kids. <laughs> but um, that, that, that's for another episode. So I just want people to know I'm not like one of those like super granola, only natural births. Never took a painkiller in my life. Never took an aspirin or a Tylenol. But I'm just saying I am very reticent, always have been, 
but even post COVID, so I'm COVID, like even more. No doubt. So, so but it's a, it's a really good discussion. It's it's people are having it, thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate Aaron and Dr. Nicole coming yeah, on. Yeah, Aaron, thank you for joining our our podcast. I, I really want to thank her. It's you know it's not easy to come on and talk about it so openly. And of course, Nicole, well, um, we always appreciate her. Declined the invitation to come and talk about it. Aaron did not. So thank you for that. Aaron. And by the way, we're, before we go, we are going to book someone who took uh, Ozempic and had a very bad experience. And we're going to book a doctor who has a different perspective. I mean, listen, Nicole has concerns about Ozempic. So I want to make sure our, our listeners understand that. But we're going to book another doctor as well, who says that um, maybe has even, even bigger concerns about bigger it. Concerns. So we'll see. Well, great conversation. Listen, thank you all for uh, joining us at the kitchen table. We appreciate it. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe. You get a notice every time we drop. You can always find us at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts, you can always find from the kitchen table with the Duffies. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.